You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hello and welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Today on the show, in case you haven't noticed, it's a little cold outside. We speak with Justin Shelley, a meteorologist with Environment Canada on the cold weather and what to expect in the coming days. We also speak to Wood Buffalo RCMP Staff Sergeant Sabrina Clayton, who has some cold weather tips as well as some travel tips if you're fortunate enough to be escaping the cold weather shortly. We wrap up Fort McMurray Matters today with Evan Dysak from Waypoints on their current fundraising initiative, where they're at, and how you can help. Joining me on the phone today is Environment Canada meteorologist Justin Shelley. Thank you so much again, uh, Justin, for joining us on the phone. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask the question that uh, most people in Fort McMurray and area will be asking for the next little while here. Uh, how long will this cold weather last? Yeah, so it looks like we're in for a, a number of days of these extreme cold temperatures uh, where we're seeing those daytime highs not getting above minus 30 and those overnight lows approaching or exceeding minus 40 before the wind chill. Um, we're seeing these temperatures uh, lasting in through the weekend. Uh, there will be a bit of a improvement by... Uh, Sunday night and into Monday. However, it doesn't look like uh, Fort McMurray area is going to receive the uh, relative warm-up that other parts of the province will see by the middle of the week. Uh, there will be some improvements with those temperatures possibly getting back into the, the teens by uh, the middle of next week, but there's still a bit of uncertainty as to how much and how intense that warm-up across the province will be this cold combined with snowfall is that a common thing for fort mcmurray and area yeah it can be um typically when you get in these uh really cold patterns under these strong arctic uh, ridge of high pressures you can get this sort of uh area of uh, some cloud and some light snow develop along with it uh in a lot of ways uh, the cloud can actually save you from the coldest temperatures. So without the cloud uh, in place, it would actually be a bit colder than without it, uh, but certainly not too uncommon of a, uh, a setup that we're experiencing, uh, at least for portions of the province. It looks like the, the temperature anomalies are going to be a, a lot more intense in other parts of the province, but for Fort McMurray, uh, seeing uh, temperatures of minus 40 overnight, um, aren't quite as rare as other parts of the province. Uh, I can see here that uh, last year we didn't, last winter I should say, we didn't experience any minus 40 uh, lows, but in the winter of 2022, in January and February, there were five days which the thermometer hit minus 40 or below. You touched on this just a little bit earlier, Justin, but uh, when is the earliest we could see a break from this cold weather? Uh, so taking a look at the climate station for Fort McMurray, I uh, haven't hit that value quite yet. 
We are sitting around that minus 36 degree temperature right now. We are anticipating those temperatures to be close to minus 40 for the next three nights here, uh, Thursday night, uh, especially Friday night, and also a chance Saturday night of reaching those values. There are likely some folks out there that uh, do have to spend an extended amount of time outside. So uh, what are some tips for those people working outside or uh, just staying outside during this cold snap? Yeah, so if, if you do have to be outside during these periods, you want to make sure you dress as warmly as you can. Dress in layers. Uh, try to have a, a wind-resistant outer layer because that will help uh, limit some of the effects of the wind. Um, you know, wearing a hat or insulated gloves, of course. Keeping your face warm with a scarf. Try to limit as much uh, skin exposure as possible because at these temperatures, frostbite can, affer- can occur in a matter of minutes. Um, trying to limit your outdoor exposure as much as you can and trying to um, getting out of the wind uh, as much as possible as well as uh, keeping active if you are outside. So even just walking around will help warm you up and generate some more body heat. Uh, if you do have to travel, uh, you want to make sure you have a preparedness kit in your car because it's certainly not a... Uh, a good time to be stuck out on the road unprepared. So you want to have extra clothing in there, extra uh, toques and gloves, uh, jumper cables, washer fluid, um, even a bit of food and water as well, just in case uh, the worst happens when you're on the road and if you have to be out there for an extended period of time. Big thanks to Justin Shelley from Environment Canada for joining us on the show today. We have more coming up on the show next on Fort McMurray Matters. <laughs> Welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Staff Sergeant Sabrina Clayton joins us on the phone here today. Uh, Sabrina, how are we doing? We're good. How are you? Are you staying warm, Ryan? Definitely trying, uh, You know, but Mother Nature is uh, definitely testing us out there, isn't she? Absolutely. I think um, we've had a very lovely winter to date, and uh, now she's reminding us that this is truly winter. Yeah, we mentioned that, you know, it is cold out there. Uh, What are some tips to uh, keep people safe this time of year? Well, the big thing is to make sure that your vehicle itself, um, if you're traveling, you're planning on traveling, is to have that emergency kit with you. Uh, In today's uh, current climate, uh, tow trucks can be a significant amount of time to respond if there's a number of vehicles broken down on the road. So you should be prepared to sit in your vehicle for some time before some help can arrive. Um, If you're very concerned, obviously you can always call 911 um, if it's an emergent situation. Uh, Again, in temperatures like this, it doesn't take very long for people to succumb to the weather. For the folks that uh, have to be outside for extended amounts of time, well, what be it work or otherwise, uh, what are some tips for them? Be very prepared, right? Um, we're looking at a wind chill factors right around minus 45, so skin can freeze very, very quickly, and people can succumb to hypothermia in a very short amount of time. So obviously in our environment here, we always recommend um, dress appropriately for the weather. Whether you're going out for a walk, whether you're going to start your vehicle, be very prepared for uh, what to expect that weather. It's always nice when we have you know warm, heated garages with cars that are warm and heated, and we often get in and go to the store and don't think about uh, the environment outside. But on days like today, um, very, very important to be prepared in the event you get stuck and broke down. 
You mentioned a couple of uh, tips for folks hitting the roads uh, this time of year. Uh, are there any other things they should keep in mind as well as, you know, that emergency kit that uh, they may need? Again, we always uh, want to remind all drivers out there to wear your seatbelts. Um, very, very important to wear your seatbelt in the event you're in a collision, even at full speeds uh, in environment like this where it's so cold, um, collision damage can happen um, faster uh, because of the metal itself and the plastic and everything just crumbles. So uh, make sure you wear your seatbelts. Always have your vehicle winter ready. Uh, make sure your snow tires are, are um, to the appropriate uh, tread depth and air in your tires is proper. Make sure that your lights are working properly and functioning. Uh, we've had some snow over the last few days, and with this cold weather and blowing snow, it's always very important to have your lights on. Uh, most of our vehicles are on all lights, but even during the day, you should be actually switching those lights on to make sure everyone can see you coming. This is definitely not the time of year where you want to use cruise control. It can cause uh, the safety systems in your vehicle to malfunction and cause you to go into a skid or a spin. And be extremely mindful of those road conditions. If you are looking to travel out of town for any reason, make sure you are prepared in the event you do get stuck in your vehicle for a significant amount of time. Alberta RCMP sent out a news release earlier this week reminding residents that are heading away on a warm weather vacation to uh, kind of keep themselves and their homes and property safe. Uh, what are some of those tips for the folks that are lucky enough to be escaping this cold weather uh, this time of year? Yes, that's a, a very, uh, I think we're all jealous right now of anyone that is, is getting the opportunity to leave this cold weather. Uh, the big thing here is make sure your home is secure. Um, at night, or if you're gone for a significant amount of time, make sure you store all your valuables away and lock up your house, your shed, your garages, anything of your outbuildings that way. Uh, keep your property well lit. If you don't already have it, um, install your outdoor or uh, motion sensor lights. Uh, make sure if you are away that your um, keys aren't easily accessible to the front door. Uh, have them tucked away inside your house. And if you leave a vehicle parked outside, make sure you've removed your garage door opener and any valuables from your vehicle are removed. I understand the excitement uh, people may have when they're about to head off to, uh, you know, say Florida, Arizona, Mexico, any of those uh, types of destinations. But I guess how important is it for them to remember this kind of stuff before a road trip? Well, um, believe it or not, there are people out there that are, you know, um, their sole opportunity is to take an opportunity that presents itself. So if you do leave your home unlocked, if you do leave your home unlit for a significant amount of time, people do notice that. We always encourage you to talk to your neighbors uh, about the fact that you're going to be away and have them check on your home for you. And if you ever see any suspicious people around a, a neighbor's home that you know is away, uh, give us a call. Uh, we're more than willing to come out and have that conversation, make sure that person is supposed to be where they are. 333 break-ins in January last year in Alberta alone. How concerning is that? It's hugely concerning for us, right? Again, uh, oftentimes crime is a um, literally a crime of opportunity and happens significantly uh, when people are away. So, again, have those conversations with your neighbors. Um, let them know you're not going to be around and do your everything you can do uh, to prevent your home from being broken into. Uh, if you want to consider installing a security system, uh, there's a lot of security systems on the market that are not hugely expensive. They're relatively affordable. And you can access them from your phone anywhere in the world. So if you are headed away to a southern destination and you want to check on your property, you can absolutely do so. 
Something that doesn't often get talked about really is mail theft. Uh, 76 reports of mail theft. Uh, that has to be something that, uh, again, doesn't really get uh, talked about much uh, in terms of, uh, you know, winter travel and uh, things of that ilk. That's a big one for us too, right? Mail theft. Uh, the mail is on a crime of opportunity. We do typically see it happening the most in the month of December, you know, with the Christmas holidays. But as we've gone to a more uh, online shopping society, people do have packages delivered. If you're planning on being away from home, make sure you have somebody picking up your mail on a regular basis, whether it's your packages from your front door or your community mailbox, uh, just to secure it and make it less likely um, to show that you're away from home. Remind people uh, maybe why it's important to be mindful of sharing where you are, uh, specifically on social media as well. You know, we all do like to see posts from our friends. You know, we just into such and such an airport on social media. Quite literally, um, forecast to anyone that you may have that message open to anyone in the public that you may have in your Facebook. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't know every person that they have linked on their social media accounts. So by broadcasting where you're going to be and how long you're gone for is a perfect opportunity for a criminal element to um, target those people who are away. Um, if you uh, do really, really want to post those social media pictures, the suggestion is to always do it after the fact. And where can people go if they want to find uh, more travel tips from the RCMP? Well, you can go to Alberta RCMP. We are on Facebook and Instagram, and um, there's lots of tips there for crime prevention, for Operation Cold Start. Uh, also, there's information for rural Alberta capture, so if you want to register your home surveillance system to help the police out in the event anything happens in your neighborhood and we could access um, any video footage, uh, you can always uh, head to Alberta RCMP for more information. I also wanted to ask about the AEDs in patrol vehicles. Uh, how important is it to have those on hand? You know, it's just one extra step um, when you look at how our community is with respect to how large of a community it is. And EMS is not always readily available in all of our parts of our uh, the regional municipality, Wood Buffalo, given the size of it. Um, we had just made the decision to add these AEDs to our patrol vehicles that do service the southern parts of our community. So while it's not a substitute for emergency care, it could mean uh, a short time uh, difference in life or death for some people. So if in the event uh, members of the community are in need of an AED, uh, rest assured that we do have them available in our patrol vehicles. And you mentioned this isn't for the entire detachment, but uh, could that be a long-term goal for the RCMP? Absolutely. You know, we're always looking at ways to service our community better. And by providing uh, those AEDs and being available to the community, it's just one more way we're assisting our community in general. Would you be able to remind folks what communities will have these RCMP equipped with AED machines? So the rural southern parts of the detachment area, including the communities of Gregoire Lake, Anzac, Janvier, Shard, and Conklin, will have access to the patrol officers with AEDs in their vehicle. This may not be, and you mentioned this already before, but again, this may not be a replacement for emergency medical services, but again, definitely something that uh, has to help the public in uh, some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. Again, it's not a substitute. It's just to augment services that are already provided. While all of our RCMP officers are first aid trained and able to do CPR, the AD is just that extra level of assistance that could mean the difference between life or death for someone in some, these southern communities. Businesses and organizations with AEDs, uh, what should they do? 
Well, the big thing with the AED is to make sure that the battery is um, charged. Um, they do expire. They do drain over time. So um, have those inspected regularly uh, just to make sure that they are available and functioning. Nobody wants to grab it in a life or death situation and then have it uh, and not have a fully charged battery. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Staff Sergeant Sabrina Clayton. Anything else you have to add today? Just want to make sure everyone has uh, a safe week and uh, stays warm in this cold environment that we do live in. Awesome. Thank you again so much for the time today. Not a problem. Take care. Thanks again to Staff Sergeant Sabrina Clayton from the Wood Buffalo RCMP for joining us on the show. It's always great to have her on to discuss a wide variety of topics. We have more on the way next on Fort McMurray Matters. <laughs> and we're back with more for Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Joining me on the phone is Evan Dizak from Waypoints. Uh, Evan, how are you doing today? Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you so much. Uh, wanted to ask about uh, your donation push in December. Remind us, uh, you know, if there were any goals set and uh, how did Waypoints fare uh, with those goals? Uh, well, the uh, the donation program is actually still ongoing. We're going to be running it for a uh, a few more months here. Our, our our total goal is actually looking at raising about five hundred thousand um, dollars. And the reason we chose that number is because um, the cost to operate the uh, the Unity House uh, Women's Emergency Shelter uh, is about two point three million dollars, whereas we only receive about one point eight million dollars in funding from the provincial government. Um, you know, because we we haven't had a funding increase in, you know, nearly a decade, you know, costs have gone up. So that's that's sort of the, the number we're looking at here. So. And how are you guys doing uh, so far with that fundraising goal? Uh, we're, we're doing pretty well, actually. We've just hit um, a little bit over $150,000 already, which is fantastic. And I mean, that just shows, you know, the uh, the generosity of our community here and, you know, people really wanting to uh, to support us here, you know, as we are the only, uh, you know, women's emergency shelter in the region. Um, in addition to that, we also run our uh, our second stage housing program, which is more of a, uh, a long-term uh, shelter for women who are, you know, fleeing domestic violence or sexual abuse who are kind of, you know, no longer have need for the emergency shelter, but still need a safe place to stay as they're getting their lives like reestablished and things like that. Heading into the holiday season, waypoints uh, seem to be struggling a bit. You, you mentioned that $500,000 number. I'm wondering if the situation uh, is improving at all. Um, with with the um, the money that we've been getting in, like that has definitely been helping. Um, you know, again, like any support we can uh, get, you know, we will happily take. Um, but again, we're we're still running, you know, at about uh, max capacity here. We have uh, 45 bedrooms in the Unity House shelter, and you know, those have been full up for the last, I think, eight or nine months. And we've actually got pretty close to a a 50-50 split between women and children because a lot of women, um, you know, are bringing their families with them to come to a a, a safe space here. So we've been we've been running pretty full. And one of the uh, the I guess the main issues is that of those 45 bedrooms that we have in the shelter, only 30 are funded by the provincial government. And of those 30, the government only pays for 80% of the costs. So we have to fundraise. Uh, um, you know, the additional 20% for the cost of those rooms, as well as the 100% of the additional 15 rooms that we opened up because there was the uh, the need and the demand for it. 
you mentioned no increase in funding since 2017. If that continues into 2024, uh, how concerning is that uh, for the shelter? Uh, that is very concerning. I know uh, last year the uh, federal or the, the provincial government actually did announce that they were going to be doing a uh, a slight increase in funding um, for all women's shelters across Alberta. But I think it was around um, 2.5 million dollars to be split amongst the over 40 women's shelters, which only works out to about you know 50 thousand dollars each, which is you know it's that's only about one tenth of what we actually need in order to, you know, continue our operations at our full capacity. So it's it's really nowhere near enough. And actually, uh, uh, I realized I misspoke last time. It was actually 2014 was the last time we got a funding increase. So it's been nearly a decade since the government has uh, seen the need to, uh, you know, give us any sort of meaningful funding increases. And a double-edged sword there, too, because, uh, you know, we all see the costs uh, going up for food, uh, utilities, and uh, your funds uh, may not be going down, but definitely not getting as stretched as far as they used to. And, that, and that's exactly it. I know we know that, you know, uh, you know, times are tough for everyone as well. And so that's that's really what our donation program is going to be going towards. It's, you know, going towards, you know, keeping the heat on, keeping the lights on, you know, making sure we can provide the, uh, you know, the, the meals every day for the for the women and children staying in our shelter here. So it's it's really just going towards the, you know, the bare necessities to make sure that we can keep the doors open and, you know, make sure we're able to provide a, uh, you know, a safe, comfortable place for the people staying here. I understand before the holidays, Waypoints was at risk of shutting down a third of the beds. Uh, where are you guys at on that now? Uh, with the uh, the $150,000 we've gotten so far, we're, we're definitely working towards being able to, uh, you know, maintain our full operations. Uh, depending on how much we get over the next few months, we'll really determine that. Our, uh, our financial year end is at the end of March. And so basically where our our budget is at at the end of the year will determine you know how we need to operate going into the start of our next financial year so if things keep going the way they're going if we're able to get that full you know five hundred thousand dollars or at least close to it we will be able to maintain our full operations but if you know the donations kind of start to stall a little bit here then we we may still be at risk of having to shut down part of the shelter um, in the next few months unfortunately and of course, you mentioned the need does not stop on December 31st each year, uh, does it? They, you know, these are year-round problems uh, that uh, Waypoints attempts to address. Yes, exactly. It's 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 been a common issue. I think the the, the real reason we're struggling this year, I think, is I I saw somewhere that uh, donations to nonprofits in the region are down close to fifty percent over the last twelve to fourteen months. So uh, it's it's I, it's tough for everyone. And I know we're getting less donations because you know other people, you know other you know individuals and businesses are struggling as well. You know they don't necessarily have the funds available to be able to you know make those you know regular donations to us that they have in the past and so i mean that's really where we need the uh, you know the government to step up and provide you know proper funding for you know these essential services that we provide again we're i mean we we are you know quite reliant on the generosity of the community and they've done an, a fantastic job of supporting us so far but that's uh you know that's not something we can necessarily should be relying on year in and year out do you guys have any fundraising events coming up on the calendar that uh, people should know about? 
Yes, actually, we're uh, we're going to be looking at running another event in the uh, at the end of March. Actually, we've got some uh, some planning to do on that one, so we'll make announcement about that one a uh, a little bit later. But uh, right now, we're really just focusing on our uh, our donation program, as that is really just the. The best way that people can support us now, um, you know, they can do a, a one-time donation or they can actually get set up to do a, a reoccurring monthly donation because I know some people may not have, you know, the, uh, you know, the hundreds or thousands of dollars to be able to make a large donation at one time. But even if you can pitch in, you know, five, ten, you know, $20 a month, you know, that goes a long way to supporting us as well. If people want to help Waypoints out, uh, whether it's a volunteer or a donation, uh, how can they do so? Um, they could contact me directly for any like volunteer opportunities or anything like that. And we do actually have a uh, our online uh, sign up for our monthly donation program or a one time donation. Um, so you can visit the website, which is uh, waypointswb.kindful. Dot com, and that'll take you to our donation portal. And if you'd like some more information about you know who we are and what we do, you can also visit our website, which is waypointswb.ca. Evan Dizak, anything else you'd like to add? No, I just uh, you know thanks for having us. And again, I'd like to give a, a huge thank you to everyone who has supported already. We are so so appreciative of you know you know the generous support of our community. We wouldn't be able to do the the things that we do without you. And again, if there's anyone else out there who's looking to you know help out or make a donation, whether it's you know monetary time, you know anything like that, you can give me a call or send me an email. My uh, phone number here is seven eight zero seven five. Five zero eight five six zero, and my email address is evan at waypointswb.ca. Awesome, Evan. Thank you so much again for the time today. Awesome. Thank you so much. You have yourself a fantastic day. That was our show today. Big thanks to all of our guests on Fort McMurray Matters. Justin Shelley from Environment Canada, Staff Sergeant Sabrina Clayton from the Wood Buffalo RCMP, and Evan Dysak from Waypoints. We have some more great content lined up for you next week, so I hope you can join us then. Until next time, I'm Ryan McNally. Thank you for listening to Fort McMurray Matters.